In our culture, we learn through stories. But what if the stories we hear don't match the reality of life? What if the stories we hear every day that tell us how to write the narrative of our lives actually lead us to a false narrative? My name is Tim Kroll, and on this podcast, you will hear real stories. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Real people sharing the hard times, the bends in the roads along life's journey. If you're ready to join a community of other real people who are writing the narrative of their lives, then go to narrative.live and join the community. Now let's dive into today's show. All right, welcome back. This episode's going to be a little bit different than probably any of the other episodes that we've done. We want to do this. In essence, what the whole goal, the whole purpose of what we're trying to accomplish is just to, one, kind of recap the 30 different episodes that we've already aired. And if you haven't listened to them, I really strongly encourage you to go back and listen to some of that stuff. But two is really kind of, I want to share a little bit of what I've learned through this part of the journey. Some of the things about the false narrative versus the true narrative. And I know Steve and I, we've been talking back and forth pretty much off air when we meet, plan, do these things and felt that this was a great I don't want to say middle point, but it's just a really great recap to kind of dive into some of the core elements of why we are doing this and, and what it's all about. Yeah, You're welcome to jump in anytime. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be great. And and a lot of people know you more than they know me. You're kind of the face of the uh, podcast and interview host all the time. So I'm happy to be on the other side of this too. So we're both co-founders in the narrative. And I think it's it, for me, it's it's been great listening to all the stories. I mean, we've got just authentic people showing up and telling real stories. Yeah. Uh, a lot of diversity in everyone's unique path, but a lot of commonalities too. So that's kind of what I thought would be cool to talk through and just some of the things we're, we're seeing. Connected absolutely. To yeah, absolutely. And we've had some drastic stories and that, that's where I kind of, when people ask me about who should apply or who should I ask or who, what kind of story, inevitably what I get a lot of is this, well, my story is not exciting enough. And I, I struggle with that comment because it's like, well, on one hand, we all love to hear those thrilling stories, you know, the chance encounters, the close call to death, the miraculous comeback. But the reality is most of us don't live those kind of lives the vast majority of our lives, you know, and it's not that way. So we've had everything from individuals that grew up thinking that they were just, when I say just, I know this is a huge responsibility, but they were just going to be a mom and a wife. And then realizing that they had the ability to actually run businesses and run a lot more and expand a lot more through the encouragement of their husband. I've had situations where somebody's gone on and said that a gentleman or somebody was holding a gun to his chest and making him choose life and death. I mean, that's an extreme scenario versus another one that took off because he was in trouble with the law, lived out of the United States for a while, came back and started getting some stuff right all over the place. And here's, like you said, there's a commonality that I feel like that kind of runs underneath of everything is that we have all got some type of a belief system. We have a narrative that was in essence trained into us. And I, I want to be careful about this because a lot of people in my circle, what they do is they talk about it as a generational curse. And I, I struggle with that idea because of the fact that I feel like if it is a curse, it is something that we can't change. It's something that is going to happen regardless of what we do, and we're trapped in this box. And the reality, I feel, is it's not a generational curse. I believe it's really more of a training. And the way that we're raised, we are trained to act a certain way or to do certain things. And we're trained to 
be in this social context of who we thought we were supposed to be. And now, again, I'm going to give you the freedom, just jump in anytime, Steve, but I think the impact of what our belief system and how that false narrative is created, it actually comes into a couple of different categories. I know some of the, like you said, a lot of the commonality that's going on, but sometimes it's just something as a very simple comment or teasing from another classmate or possibly somebody that you respect is joking with you or is joking with a minor and they say something that they didn't really intend to be that way, but it was taken that way. So something that was told to us by a respected individual could drastically influence the way that we look at that narrative. Another thing is the example of something that we've lived. I've seen this happen over and over again. They said, well, my mom or my dad lived and exemplified this type of a lifestyle. And so therefore I believed I had to be that way. And then the last one was just the fact that we were involved with a traumatic event or there was something that happened that really said, I, I never want to go through that again. And so therefore we made, I don't know if you want to call it a covenant or a promise to ourselves. I will never allow that to happen again. I know I've done that. I, I mean, I know I've, I've gone through. And those are the three things that I've seen to really start to form some of these beliefs and some of the false narrative that people have been living under. I think it's really interesting to what you said. Some of those things start out as really good. Like that's a natural human yep. tendency to figure out where do I fit in in the world? What, you know, in my culture, in my family, in my environment, and where's my place? And then you kind of fit or you conform. I'm using this word conform. Sometimes these are good things. Like that can be good for a season or for a time to figure out this is where you're at. This is where you're supposed to be. But I also think, I don't know if I'm explaining that part of it correctly, but there is something to that where you shouldn't just be like butting heads against all of society. And that means you're probably doing something wrong at, at some point. But there's definitely, I think we get lulled into this like narrative, like you said, that is that was for a season or somebody told me this, or I even interpret it wrong, or I, I, I'm living by somebody else's story that they've imposed on, on my life and how I'm supposed to live without even like just taking a pause. So like one of the things I, I love when you're interviewing guests, Tim, on the podcast is like, they'll tell a bunch of their story and ramble on like I'm doing now. And then you'll say, well, let's pause. Let's go back to that. Let's think about what did you just say? And what did that really mean? And you know, what was the narrative you were living under at that point? But I think we all tend to just cruise right by and we just, yeah. you know, we just, we just get caught up in life and we get busy and, and pretty soon you don't realize like you're just living out this, this unedited, unwritten story or that it was written by somebody else. Yeah. We yeah. lose our purpose and then we lose our way. I like kind of what you said. It was funny. You said that. And then I was just like, okay, he said a word in there. Let's go back to that word. And I'm thinking one of the things that you said was the interpretation of either what was said, what was exemplified, or even the the events and the circumstances. I mean, those three core areas is really how those beliefs are formed. But it really comes down to how we interpret that. And I think too often, especially as kids or as a young, impressionable individual, we take that and we interpret something that may not have been the full case. So a couple of examples that I, I can recall through some of these things is just the fact that if, if your dad is working really, really hard and trying to provide, but he's not present, as a child, we think that we're not valued. And then as we grow up, suddenly now we realize, man, my dad was working so hard and he wasn't present because he, he was trying to provide. That was his way of expressing that love. As a child, we look at it as an abandonment. 
And we don't necessarily understand why he wasn't around or why that wasn't happening. And then the reality is he was working his tail off just so we could have a bed, food, roof over our head, you know, so we could actually have these things. And we, as a child, we're looking at it and saying like, how come my dad doesn't love me? How come my, my dad doesn't want to spend time with me? There's, there must be, therefore, and that's the conclusion is there must be something wrong with me. And it, it really comes down to this little small frame of interpretation of the belief that we're not valuable. Yeah, I think you're right on so many different levels. And, and that example of the family is really strong or like, like you said, the, the perspective of being a parent, being a father, and you don't really know until you become a father. Like you, you don't have <laughs> any clue what your parents were going through until you become a parent. Yeah. And even the beginning phases of that is vastly different when kids are really little to when they're toddlers to when they're growing up and teenagers and then adults. Right. So you're never fully caught up to know what your <laughs> what your parents are experiencing or have experienced, but it sure sheds a lot more light on things yeah. from a different perspective, right? Once you've experienced more. Yeah. Well, and that goes back to this whole aspect of the seasons of life that we transition through. You know, as a child, there's a certain amount of innocence that parents attempt to protect. I mean, I can think of many different stories that were coming out through the interviews of how the individual didn't realize how much protection that was going on from the parents. They interpreted that as harm. They interpreted that as a negative when the reality is it was very, very positive. And that's a perspective shift. And that's a lot of times where we are looking at it of if we don't take the time to go back and analyze and say, okay, these are the beliefs that we have formed as a child. And these are the ones that we're living by. If we don't go back and say, okay, well, how did I actually form that belief? How did I craft that? And what were the events and the circumstances going on around that? And just really, truly evaluate it. It's kind of difficult to make any kind of solid assumption or solid conclusion off of that. Yeah. And and I don't know if this is a the right segue into this, but I it's top of my mind. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. Well you know, just I jump think, in, man. This is what it's always I, been. I think, the authentic conversations. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's actually a really good exercise to 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 tell the stories like we do, starting from before you were an adult and the things that kind of shaped who you are and look at it in that holistic way as a starting point. The deeper thing I think that we're modeling though, or for me personally and I think everybody is, it's not always childhood things that I've built a yeah. narrative around. I mean, I've got narratives that I've created in my own head and my own, how I go about doing the world in the last five years that aren't suiting me well today for the next five years. So, yeah. I mean, it's not always these, these massive, big, you know, childhood things that, I mean, this stuff I think really is constantly evolving. You have to constantly look at, at what story are you telling yourself and where, what suited you well, you know, five years ago, isn't going to suit you well for the next five years. So, and, and and that's just an example, whether that could be, you know, work or family or involvement in the community or building a business or whatever, like it's just different, <laughs> but, but we, we create these narratives around all kinds of things. Let's jump into that because I think there's a lot of ways that we do create the narrative and create those false narratives or fall into that trap of believing a false narrative. When we first started, we kind of talked about our parent and childhood and that kind of a thing. But I think it goes much deeper than that, which is what you're alluding to, that it's not just about the parents. Sometimes it's about a school teacher. Sometimes it's the news channel. Sometimes it's social media. Sometimes it's 
Uh, there's a song that Stephen Curtis Chapman did uh, several years ago, and it had to do with the fact that his little girl was growing up and he saw the impact of what a magazine cover and the model looked like. He saw the impact that it was having on her image and her self-worth. And so through the song, he kind of takes you on that journey of like, you are valuable. You are worth something, even though you don't look like that magazine cover. And it was really a true testament to a lot of what we, and alluding to what you're saying too, is even as we get older, we look at things and think, well, I, I am supposed to act that way because that's what social media tells me. And then unfortunately, we're so busy with everything else. We just blindly accept, blindly believe, and then just act upon it. And that's a great, great challenge that we have right now. Yeah. And I, I think everybody knows it. Sometimes they don't know what to do about it or they they don't want to acknowledge it, but the world is changing faster than it ever has. And we've got more influences than we ever yeah. have. Like you said, with social media, with things going on, you know, COVID pandemic, right? How you go about the world's different now than it was three, four years ago. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so it just in massive ways. So, and if you're, I think if you're not kind of rethinking how you want to do life, whatever, you're missing out because you're still kind of going through that narrative of what, you know, five years ago narrative. I had to go yeah. into an office. I had to be at work at 8 a.m. till 5 p.m. And I had to do all these things and there's no other options, right? So, I mean, just that one example, you can work from home, you can do all this stuff. You can just in the work environment is one thing, but. So let's, let's think, transition into this. I, I have a couple of thoughts and ideas that I want to express as well, but I want to ask you this yeah. question just to do the transition to get you into this thought mode. What is the impact of a false narrative on your life? How does that affect your daily actions? How does it affect your, your feelings? Like how do those things, what is the impact of the false narrative on your life? I mean, I know when I've been living under a false narrative in different ways, you just feel stuck and exhausted not hopeful purposeless maybe yeah if that's a word <laughs> yeah frustrated frustrated and uh I, I think a lot of people know and i've been there where you you know there's something else that you should be doing or moving towards and you're yeah. just you're not you're just stuck and i think that's to me i would say that false narrative makes you just kind of feel hopeless yeah i I would even take it one step further and I would say to the fact of the false narrative lead us to an unfulfilled life. And I think that can truly sum up everything. A friend of mine, Tony Grubmeyer, and we talk quite a bit, he had a podcast that he talked about what does success mean to each individual? And he would have people come on and they would express and they would talk about success. And the reality is a lot of the false narratives that we have tell us what success is supposed to be like. And some of the interviews that we've had are individuals that come on and say, well, I was chasing the money. I was chasing the fame. I was chasing the title. I was chasing whatever that was that was based on that false narrative. And it comes down to this idea or this fact that it, it wasn't fulfilling. And when they would achieve something, it left them feeling empty. And like you just said, there was no hope and there really didn't feel like there was any purpose in life. And so by coming down and, and understanding that the true narrative that you're writing, that you're crafting really leads you to a life of fulfillment, something that you feel good about again, which then I think leads to your purpose in your actions. You have hope as far as a better future. A lot of those things now start to become a reality because you're seeing that I am living a life that's fulfilled. And there's a lot of other things that we can dive into, but I think that's kind of the core 
the impact specifically is is revolving around how do we find that fulfillment in our life? Yeah, I think a lot of times when, when people tell their stories, uh, just like you said, it's easy to to tell the stories of the negative actions or negative things that happened and that caused the turning point. And you're right. The other side of that is the fulfillment and the positive actions. How is life better once they stopped living under a false narrative? Yeah. Uh, a lot of times we boil it down to actions. Well, what, what was the action or what was the circumstance that was happening that was bad, that was so traumatic, that makes for an interesting story? That doesn't have to be a terrible thing. It's just like you said, not I like the world's view of a terrible thing or terrible circumstance. No, it could just be, I do. I, I wasn't living up to the best version of myself and I wasn't fulfilled yeah. and I wasn't, you know, living out my purpose. And we've had a couple of people say that exact same thing, like on the top of the level of what you would see for everything, quote unquote success, but they just were not fulfilled. And so they just was like, nope, I'm done. I'm going to go this direction. I can see her face and I, I struggle with names sometimes, but I can see her face. And I remember her specifically, she was a JAG officer and, and she had just gone. And then all of a sudden she just realized she wasn't it wasn't fulfilling her. And so she just went off in this different direction, even though she was yeah, highly yeah, successful. Yeah. Eric, that's exactly right, Erica. Yeah. And I'm just like, man, that is exactly what we're talking about right here is that just realize it wasn't fulfilling. And again, a great, great story. You got to go back and listen to some of these, those that are listening. Mm -hmm. The other thing I wanted to kind of just transition into and talk about just for a minute is we talk about the impact of what the true narrative is, which is really about the fulfillment part of it. But how does that flesh out in our lives currently? And I, I think this is a great topic of what most people would call like self-sabotaging action, self-sabotaging patterns that you you kind of go back into. I'll let you lead because I, I have a lot of thoughts on this, but I, I want to let you lead into that that topic of the impact on it, on our daily actions there. Impact on our daily actions. Kind of like you mean like kind of breaking through to make that change. If I want to be healthy and, and have a have a great healthy body and work out, well I shouldn't I open a bag of Oreos because I'm going to eat all the Oreos, right? So you're saying some of those tendencies that we just go to. Yeah, I think instead of making, I think some of that, like that's part of the self-sabotaging actions when we know where where <laughs> we're at because we we fall back into, well, I deserve this or whatever. I, I think the biggest thing is this, and we talked kind of. I'm going to try to bring it all together, and then help me out here if this doesn't make sense. But one is we talked about how they're formed, how these beliefs and these false narratives are formed. The reality is when we look at those, they typically form around our identity. And we form an identity and a place in, in our social status of either we don't have value or I'm not worthy or I shouldn't deserve. A lot of those types of comments that start to come out and that belief then starts to impact us on a daily basis. And what I mean by that, just like what you're saying is, well, if you don't believe that you're supposed to have a healthy body, you're going to open that pack of Oreos and that's going to basically sabotage all of the work and all of the patterns that you've started to create for your workout. I've seen this happen so many times also in business or in, in other things where uh, even in personal relationships, right? Literally over the last two weeks, I've had four or five different conversations with different people and a lot of different walks, but I can see this pattern once now I kind of understand and recognize it is that they start to have something good happen in their life. So maybe it's a business, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's whatever, the circumstances and the events, and they start to have something good. But their false narrative is down here 
And so their belief level of their value and what they deserve is down here. And so as these things start to grow and become better, it doesn't help because then all of a sudden you got this big gap in here because they're not personally developing and crafting that narrative to be able to support the weight of what's going on. Like I said, I see it in business and personal. And so as this good happens, we believe we're on a lower level, a lower tier, and then we do something to make sure that we shrink this back down so that the circumstances yeah. aren't as good, so that the events are not as good. And we shrink it back down to the level of our belief. I've seen that happen so many times. And I have to be careful because I want to I don't, I don't, respect the privacy of the conversations that I've had over the last couple of weeks. But the patterns underneath of it are exactly the same. Somebody has a situation that started to go well, and then suddenly the bottom collapses out. And whether it's their fault or somebody else's that's either in the relationship or somebody else that's surrounding it, something happens and the bottom falls out and they're now back down. And the question is, Tim, why am I like this? Why am I in this situation? I think of one young man that he said, like, I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of fighting all of these things that are going on. I thought of another individual was just like, man, I don't understand. And this is a relationship. I don't understand why she's like the way she is. Why is she doing this? I, I mean, like there's so many different things like that, but I, I think it always comes back to this. And how are we personally growing and how do we fix that gap that's in between? Because that truly is the daily impact of our actions. And if we can notice that, then we can start to fix it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there's a lot of that kind of treating the, the symptoms, right? So as things are getting better and better, you can either continue to level up your narrative to say, yes, I, you know, I'm worthy of this and I deserve this and I'm benefiting from the hard work or whatever, whatever went into that success and, and take and continue to kind of push to the next level or something bad's going to happen. It's life. Something bad always happens. You're going to have like a setback, even if your trajectory is upwards and you can yeah. take that setback and be like, nothing ever good ever happens to me, blah, blah, blah. You know, like whatever that narrative. You're reinforcing is, that I don't deserve. <laughs> that, I don't deserve it. And you know, like some, something in the core said, like you said, is, is kind of saying, yeah, I don't deserve it. This was too good to be true. Uh, I shouldn't trust people. I shouldn't take risk. I shouldn't, yeah. you know, all those things. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that that's where it comes down to too often. We focus on those actions. And we say, well, I have got the willpower to be able to make those actions happen. And the reality is the willpower is really not your best friend. The willpower is going to fail eventually, or it's going to get weaker. Or it's going to reinforce those false narratives. It's going to, you have to deal with the beliefs. And so whether that is a belief of who you are, a belief of how you're valued, a belief of how you're created, a belief of the way that you show up in the world, it is those beliefs that we have to attack. And I think that comes down to the core of why we're doing what we're doing. We want people to realize that it is okay to question those false narratives. It's okay to question those beliefs, but it's not okay. It's okay to have some of that challenge, but it's not okay to stay where you are. It needs to be okay for us to be able to admit that we've got the weaknesses and then start to work through them. We have to be able to admit that. Yeah, I think it's definitely that deeper level stuff. I don't want to make it too like, you know, woo woo, whatever, all this, you know, like, but the stories have layers. People tell the circumstances and what happened. And, and almost everyone that we've talked to has some version of, you know, their, their truest narrative was, was when they took the focus off themselves Yeah, and they understood where they stand in the world. When they started to understand that, you know, there's something bigger than them. There's a bigger purpose for them. There's community, like all these things that are outside of me, 
you know, so get away from the selfishness of, you know, what's happening to me specifically, like almost every story revolves around something bigger than just what's going on in my life, you know? I love that you said that too, because it gives me a great chance to talk about another individual that I talked with this past week. His life, his situation is is pretty brutal. <laughs> Fired from jobs. He's been in and out of hospitals, a lot of physical ailments, him and his daughter and his wife. There's a lot of bad stuff that's going on in his life. But he was able to come back and he said, Tim, the reason why I can keep pushing forward is because I look outside of myself, just like what you just said. I look outside of myself and I find when I give things and I donate my time. And when I try to mentor or I try to work with others who are worse off, what it really does is it gives me that sense of fulfillment. And to tie in what we had been saying earlier, that sense of fulfillment is what gives us purpose. It gives us hope because we're looking outside of all of the things that are going on here. Yes, we have internal work that we have to do, but there's also that aspect and that sense of when we look outside of ourselves, it gives us that ability to have that fulfillment, to be able to have purpose and then truly live in hope. Yeah. I don't really know anybody in my immediate world that is fulfilled. I'm not even calling it success, but that is fulfilled just by building their own little kingdom. I don't know one person. (laughs) Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Well, I I mean, we're kind of coming to the end of our time. Is there anything else that you feel like, man, I just got to say this? No, not today. This was great. I, I was just good to kind of <laughs> unpack things. I mean, our vision, uh, you and I talk all the time. It's a lot more than than just the the podcast, but it's going to be, you know, trying to trying to make this impactful on a on a daily basis for people and and how do you build community of people that are that are actually going to, you know, speak life into each other's stories and purposely tell their stories and things like that. So, excited about where we're going with it, but I think it's really good just to like talk through these first 30 episodes we like you said start to see the the trends and 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 people are unique but their situations aren't uh, you know everybody's kind of on under the same overarching issues of trying to figure out their narrative and tell yeah. tell a truer story yeah well and i'm i'm glad you put it up that way too because there's a couple of different things first of all we're planning and looking at a live event for our local area here in Northern Michigan. If you're listening to this and that's something that's of interest, I would hope that you would reach out so that way we can kind of get you plugged in and get you caught up with some of that stuff. Second, we are currently on, again, we actually always, we're looking for guests that are willing to share their stories. And it doesn't matter if you've got a dramatic story, a traumatic story, even if it's just something where you think, Hey, this is actually pretty lame. And I, I actually want that. Because that's the where majority of people are at is we quote unquote think we're lame, but we're really not because we've got a unique conversation that's gonna that that can really help others that also kind of feel like they're lame. And so it's really, really interesting that way. But so we've got those two things that are going on. And then finally, the the last thing that I really want to share too is I I talk a lot with my hands. And so if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't gone to the YouTube channels to be able to see some of that, you're actually missing, I would say, between 50 and 70% of the conversation. And why do I say that? Because 50 to 70% of the conversation happens in our facial expressions. It happens in our hand movements. It happens in like all of that stuff that's going on. That's over on YouTube. So if you're only listening to podcasts, and I understand people sometimes drive and they have to do it that way. But if you're only listening to the podcast and you're not watching some of the videos and seeing the stories and the interactions and the emotions that are, frankly, they're raw and they're coming out. If you're not watching all of that stuff on YouTube, then you're missing a good portion of it. And so we really, again, everything that we're doing is here to support and encourage 
to let you know wherever you're at at this current time, you're not alone. You're not the only one that's going through it. There's a lot of other people that are either in that current situation or have already grown through that, started their healing process. And, and that's what we're here for. We want to be able to take the time to share that and let us know the impact. <laughs> that's what we're here for. That's what motivates us. That's what gives us the, the encouragement to be able to keep going on. Again, go back, listen to some of the episodes. Love to hear from you guys. So until next time, Steve, anything to add? I'm going to sign it off. That's it. Thanks for having me on. Good chat today. Yep. All right. We'll see you guys and uh, make sure you're subscribing, following, and all the other great likes. We'll see you. Thanks for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question. How would you like to be the author of your story? Take the next step now at www.narrative.live and enter your details to connect with a community of others just like you that are tired of living under the false narrative. Finding your true story and writing your narrative, it will give you clarity, freedom of your day, and it just might change your life forever.